welcome to the Wixpa Podcast, your home for free audio features, shows, and interviews, brought to you exclusively from the Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts. We'd like to welcome you to Coffee Talk, where we are just going to discuss a topic of the day. So today we're going to uh, we have the staff here, the Warren Consolidated School of Performing Arts. Uh, if you quickly introduce yourself, we have Nick Rosenberg, D- Design and Technical Theater. Corey Callahan, Dance Teacher. Jonathan Gillespie, Artistic Director. Marky Shero, Costumes and Drama. And I'm Eric Hart, and I do some theater and directing around here. So, our topic of the day is going to be folklore, traditions, uh, superstitions of the theater that we've come across uh, during our uh, long reigns in the theater. So, uh, G, you're one of the oldest among us, so <laughs> if uh, maybe you could start with... I resemble that remark. One of the, one, one of you, one of the traditions that you... One of the of traditions that, I was exposed to that sort of surprised me, I was working on uh, down south in Fort Lauderdale and on a production of... Romeo and Juliet, and we were in final dress rehearsal, and we got to the end, and the prince got through his final lines, and then failed to say the last two lines of the play. And I turned to the director and go, are you cutting those? Those are two of the most famous lines. She goes, oh no, you never say the final lines in rehearsal. You only say them opening night. So she had left (laughs) off, and never was a story more of woe than that of Juliet and her Romeo. And I said, wouldn't that just make it under rehearsed, <laughs> but she she swore up and down this was a tr- theater tradition that you couldn't say the last few lines in rehearsal. Uh, never heard that one. No, I haven't either. No, me either. It's a classic. Apparently. No, this is my second year at Wixbra, and it's the only theater I've been in that doesn't utilize the ghost light or the ghost lamp. It's true. We do have one that we are not currently using. Yeah, we made one. For production last year in 2019 of Curtain, and we just can't seem to get it caught up, get it caught on. But we also have, you know, we kind of have fluorescent lights built into the back wall that we kind of use. Our that we ghost light. Yeah, we don't need one. We don't need one. For those of you at home that don't haven't heard of the ghost light tradition, the idea of the ghost light, in theory, is it has a practical purpose that there's always one light on in the theater so no one falls into the orchestra pit. Um, but traditionally it's called a ghost light because people believe that it kept away ghosts and many theaters are haunted by ghosts. A lot of people believe, especially some of the Broadway theaters. Um, in some research that I did, I came across the fact though that ghost lights actually came from back in the day when the theater was powered by gas that lit the stage and you had to leave one light on. And, or not one light, one um, flame. one flame on, otherwise the gas would back up and could explode. So that's where the initial yeah. one light came from. And then over time, that changed into having the, the light present. But uh, speaking of ghosts, has anyone heard it, of it? It makes haunted? a lot of sense uh, that we have so many ghosts now because we don't have a ghost light. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's one of those things it's where, you know, you'll be in the theater late at night working and uh, you'll hear someone up on the load rail, and you oh, Greg, what are you throwing weight for? Uh, and then and then you hear from the shop, oh, I'm in here, what are you talking about? And you know you heard or saw someone up on the load rail. Um, it's just a spooky building. Lots of creaks, lots of lots of rattling doors. 
Could be the HVAC. Could be I those. always felt like theaters always have that spookiness when it's when there's not a lot of people in there, and I think it's like the leftover energy of performers that kind of just like lingers in the air, and it makes things feel kind of yeah, you know, like haunted house. <laughs> Any theater. On a completely different note, but it made me you made me think of it. Uh, one of my first years here, the Sterling Heights police were practicing um, and. and like a live shooter drill on their end on how to take the building. And they went into the PAC and they couldn't figure out how to get anywhere because there's a lot of theaters have places that go to nowhere. There's no other exit and whatnot. And so they got all turned around apparently. And I just remember the police liaison at the time talking about that. Hmm. But my my favorite myth is the Scottish play. And ha- and saying only the Scottish play instead of Macbeth. Right, right. Which, what is your understanding? Because there's a lot of different interpretations that you never say the the, the, the title, name, of, the the title play. of the play. While I learned it while it's in production. Yeah, from the minute you, st- I've I've done it. I've most of my time. It's been since first read through all the way to closing. And I have I know of it only because one of my professors at undergrad was super superstitious. To the point where the other professor would always do the act, the Shakespeare acting exercise, and always do Lord and Lady Macbeth scenes for that purpose, just to antagonize. Um, but I I know of it only that it the one that I was told was the double double toil and trouble is English Englified or translated of Latin or Druidic languages of whatever. Of an actual spell to summon a demon, and that's what that's what my professor taught me about why we don't say it is just the name of the of the show evokes that um, the spirits or whatever. Yeah, whereas I've always been of the superstition. I don't remember where I heard it, but if you say it backstage of any production at any time, and you're referencing the name, the title of the show, that it's bad luck. Um, mm. You can say the characters' names, you know, Lady Macbeth, uh, Macbeth, um, but to say the name of the play is, is what I've always heard is like bad luck. Yeah, I know there's a lot of like productions in the past, like you can go and look up different Shakespeare productions of it, and hear Almost what happens. Every single one, yes, has something horrible. And I do have a story Ooh. from when I did it because there was someone in the cast that dared test the myth. And this character was a smaller role. He was the messenger, right? Carries the message, brings the message in, right? But smacked in the face of the tradition and had no problem saying Macbeth during the production. And ended up breaking his leg. Which I thought was ironic, the fact that he's the messenger and can't walk. (laughs) I thought that 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 was fair. And we did have, in that production... Macbeth cut his head open, and the fight scene with Macduff at the end split his oh. head. And I saw him on stage bleeding, dripping blood off of his head. Ended up being fine. Just went to the, got a couple stitches. The play went on. It didn't do him the play, but nonetheless, will I test that? No. Not if I. Yes. Yeah. Not if I. For those so. that are listening to this, we are in one of the offices. We are not in the theater. Yeah, it's oh, true. So yeah. we should probably make that known that we've been change. not testing this. Oh, we're yeah. not testing that. Oh, yeah. Not in COVID world. <laughs> saying the word, though, 
just saying it to tell the story, I do feel a little weird about even saying it. And we have this every year when we do Shakespeare night where we have productions and we struggle with we're doing a monologue from the show. Is that the show? Or can we say it what we're doing? You know what I mean? I don't know about that. No. <laughs> well, I think the thing with these with these traditions and superstitions is that your your belief in them puts so much out there and influences the the shape of things. And I think it's extra poetic that he literally broke his leg, and that's the one other thing you're not, you know, that you're supposed to say is go break a leg instead of saying good luck, right? So, um, or mayor. See, I have a little history on that one, actually, and I don't know where I found this, but this over this year, break a leg is more, it's luck in the sense of if you get on stage, breaking the leg, the curtain leg. It's the curtain leg. That's where it comes from. Because then you got paid. So yeah. it means you that goes paid. back to the days. Bobville goes all the way back yeah. to Bobville. You, you yeah. made it on stage and you get paid. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was encouragement. Hope you break the leg. You get to actually get out there before they shoot. Because well, they would just it would kind of be like a set list where they would just change the set all the time in Bobville. Yeah, and the other part was that they're trying to get so many people on stage that you might not get time to actually. Yeah, it's kind of almost like a you know mic the night's over like that you know. One superstition that um, I didn't know about, my first professional job that I did, I was uh, performing in a show up in Mackinac. There used to be a theater up there, and I did a performance up there, and I was whistling in the dressing room, because the first time I've ever like been in a professional thing, whistling in the dressing room, they made me go outside, they're like, go out there now, turn around three times, knock on the door, and then we'll <laughs> let you back in. Because I had to reverse the curse of whistling. <laughs> and I had no, I don't know I don't why. I don't know where the whistling back, where, I know where whistling backstage yeah. comes from, but not in the dressing Yeah, room. I don't know. It We're was just something. So, yeah, well, I know backstage because I've always learned that backstage was because of the original riggers of the theater were sailors, and that's how they signaled to go up and down. Uh-huh. So they didn't have any. Hand- them if you yeah, if yeah. you whistled, it meant something was about to come in on you. Hmm. But I don't know why the dressing yeah. room. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. And then Interesting. you're also you're not supposed to start a show right on time. It's supposed to be seven minutes past. And I've never got that one nailed, man. Yeah, we do that by accident <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I've never heard that one though. Yeah. Seven minutes specific. Uh, Bird told me that. Yeah. She used to never let us start our show. Yeah, anytime I've been to a Broadway in Detroit, I, that was something I learned at Michigan State. Someone told me, like, 8.06 is the official Broadway start time, and I just started, like, clocking it, you know, every single time to that six, seven minutes late. Yeah. Um, you got to give the audience time to get in. Sit down. <laughs> well, that, and I've always also, some of my equity friends have always said that it's also the they, the house might be given over to the stage manager, so the house manager would say, the house is sad, have a good show, you know, break a later, have a good show, whatever they want. And then the stage manager would then do a final places call. You know, there's the video that the guy posted about how they call places um, over the headset for check-in at the top of a show where the order goes in and whatnot, and it takes that long. And then also, I always tell the stage managers here, just take a breath and go when you're ready. Because if the stage manager isn't, I firmly believe if the stage manager isn't ready, the show's never going to be ready. Like, if they're not settled, the show's not going to be settled. With that being said, do you have any pre-show rituals that you consistently do before a show? Oh, I don't. I really? sit in we, back. I sit in the back. That's yeah, right. we always sit far we away. We sit way at the back of the theater. I, yeah. I don't think I've seen a show here. That's true. We've always sat down in the back row. I always sit in the back row. But, I mean, is there anything that you... 
tend to save yourself or do no, but before uh, do stuff with the kids. Like, the kids have some. Stuff the kids do the countdown. That's like a Wixpa tradition. They have uh, they have traditions that they've adopted, and I think those are more bonding than they are about good luck or bad luck. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's about bonding as a group. Usually, there's a pre-speech from the director. That's pretty typical. That uh, before the show, you'll come out, or whoever is directing the show will talk to them a little bit before they take the stage. At least the first the cast. Night. Yeah, yeah and, you know, in that vein, my, I guess I was thinking I didn't have any pre-show rituals, but my pre-show ritual is to go to that and do my last walk around, make sure everyone's got their jewelry off, no one's got a scrunchie on their you know arm. And so using that time that everyone's gathered together and focused to just, you know, go through and make sure everything but it's tight. The, the rituals they've created are sort of powerful because one of the things we do here is, which constantly we hear people go, you people are not backstage during the show. And the whole staff is out in the house and the kids are running everything. And as they go through their warm-up ritual, as they count it down, they're slowly taking possession of the mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And it's their show. They're running it from the stage manager on to the actors and crews. It's all there. If the one, I, the one I guess I do, because it's <laughs> happened to me so many times, is I've accidentally written the house lights into cues. Because it's been so easy up to the new lighting systems where you can now, you can now tell it to not write the house lights in. So at, during tech weeks, I would always be able to, I always want the house lights on so I could see what I'm doing or someone needs to see and I'd accidentally write them in. And so every so often I would, you know, I didn't remember what scene it was, but like there was a pivotal moment and all of a sudden the house lights come up. And it's like, ah, damn it. So I'll go through and make sure the house lights are programmed out. But for the longest time, I was also the, fr- I was kind of the staff member of front of the house. So I never saw the start of the show, which as a lighting designer actually is really freeing because I believe that once the show starts that first night, I step away from the light. I don't change anything because it's, it's locked. I, you know, I, like an equity actor, it's locked at opening night, and I just don't do anything. And yeah, I'll just take the key and go. I just get antsy for the first. 30 I get seconds. antsy for that till the show starts. I'm always like a little bit, and then once it goes, then I'm good. But it's that initial first cue, especially during an overture. Oh, the overtures are the worst. Hey, mine's the opposite. Mine's the end. Yeah, the the time between the curtain going down at the end of the show and then opening up for curtain call, and it always seems really long to me. And I will sit there going, "Go, go, go, go." What go, time you go. were clapping to get to close? Go, go, go. Because it always seems like that takes a long time between when they close and when they open. All right. Well, we're coming up on fifteen minutes, and I don't want to go longer than fifteen for our initial viewers here, Thank listeners. <laughs> uh, so not to so fatigue your ears too much. So, if you're interested in any of this, you can look into these traditions yourself and uh, see what you find. Otherwise, uh, we thank you for listening, and hopefully, we'll catch an episode later on. Best wishes, everyone. Break a leg. Thanks for tuning in. Please follow, like, and share us on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. And pick out your favorite seats for our next show at wcspa.net.